Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode six, I believe, of Cauldron Sight Chats. It's been a while since I've done one of these. Uh, I am your host, Jack Witch, Dr. Witcher, and to be honest, I probably say this a lot, but I am really hyped for this show. Um, it's proving, once again, that NXT, run by Triple H, can put on better storylines in the build-up to a pay-per-view that are less repetitive than Vince McMahon and the WWE main roster creative. Uh, there are so many big matches on tonight's card, the Fatal Five-Way, which I believe is elimination for the NXT Championship. You've got that immense NXT Women's Championship and the return of the Million Dollar Championship. Honestly, probably the match I'm looking forward to most tonight. It was an interesting storyline, one I wasn't really that into to begin with, but we'll get into all the nitty-gritty and the details of how I feel about each and every match as we go on. Uh, so sit back and enjoy the show. They're starting tonight with a match we don't see very often. A six-person tag match that is winner-take-all for MSK's NXT Tag Team Championship as well as Bronson Reed's North American Championship facing off against Legado del Fantasma. And I tell you why I find this match quite interesting. You've got the speed and athleticism of MSK mixed with the pure force but athleticism of Bronson Reed but they're not a proper trio. They don't talk, well they do talk together, they talk as NXT, but they don't necessarily travel in the same car, stay in the same hotel room or any of that, they're not an official team. But then you have Santos Escobar wearing an absolutely phenomenal, I do love that kind of skull mask that he wears. Anyway, you have him and Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. A team that have been really one to be reckoned with since they debuted in NXT. And, you know, if this is a normal tag team match or a normal one-on-one match for either of the respective titles, I'd have them losing. But, personally, for me tonight, you can't put a team and an individual together and expect them to make light work of a trio faction that you know have been dominant like I said so Legado del Fantasma are going to take all three championships here tonight in my opinion. Wesley and Mendoza have chosen to start the match and honestly as they've increased the crowd these are two of the best people to put in the ring. The athleticism and speed of what they just counter each other's moves and work so fluidly against each other Really is going to hype up the crowd. Wesley's just been tagged tug out, I should say, rather. Um, but Wacky and Wild has also tagged himself back in. So, again, another pinfall. Like this, this match, you know, I might not have time to even react to what's going on because it's going to be a blink and you miss it type thing. Especially until Bronson Reed gets tugged in. And a front flip into a back flip using the ropes by Wacky and Wild. <laughs> can't describe it in words because this man can do things that honestly you only see in video games. Escobar dug himself in and was hoping to get his hands on MSK but they you know 
tug back out to Bronson Reed, which is the matchup we all want to see. Escobar versus Reed. But Escobar being the wily competitor that he is, he's just going to attack straight out. He doesn't want any part of the Colossus. He's, you know, easily a hundred pounds weight disadvantage. And that kick by Mendoza to Bronson Reed literally just did nothing. So I don't blame um, Escobar for tagging out. But the momentum has definitely shifted in the favour of the champions. Bronson Reed over the last minute has just been purely displaying why he has such a size advantage. It started off by him quite literally just sitting on Raul Mendoza. And I believe if he was the legal man at that point, he would quite easily have pinned him and won the match because Mendoza did not kick out at all. However, Escobar had Tug himself in, tried to get a slight advantage, but then just got slammed by Bronson Reed, who then took part in a triple team where MSK held up wild and Reed just ran and sent on on him, crushing him against the ring. And since then, it's really been MSK and Bronson Reed kind of dominating due to you know, a good series of triple teams. Yet somehow not being disqualified for taking too long. Referee possibly giving a bit of leeway. Because, you know, it's a big match. It's important. First match on a pay-per-view. Two titles on the line. But champions, again, remaining in control. Only in NXT are you going to see a combination of what we've just seen. And MSK and the Garda del Fantasma, yeah, they took each other out with a big series of high-flying moves to the outside, off the turnbuckles, and such things like that. But it's kind of what you learn to expect from these guys. <laughs> what you don't expect is a 300-pound Bronson Reed running and doing a suicide dive through the top of middle rope and taking out all three of the challengers at the same time. Santos Escobar has managed to regain quite a good bit of control and start using some double teams with his faction members. Um, the main way he managed to do it was through a good series of submission moves. And again, that's a throwback to a lot of his time in Mexico, although we do associate it with the Lucha Libre type style. And they do quite often focus on the ground and pound aspect. But right now, Wesley is just taking a barrage of elbows and clotheslines into the corner as the quick tags keep coming through and the challengers remaining in control with a fantastic brain buster. And again, another tag that has to be six or seven tags in the space of the last minute. And triple team, wow, assisted, almost 450 splash. Good luck, honestly, you know, you can't predict what these guys are going to do. You can try as much as you want, but I don't think they fully know. They can do things that very few other people would probably even think of. And they're showing a replay of the triple team, but if you tried to replay every single highlight of this match, you would just be replaying the entire thing so far. One of the main questions you're going to face in multi-man matches like this is 
How do you make sure that a member of the other team isn't going to come in and break up the pinfall while you're attempting to do it and win the match? Well, Bronson Reed seems to come up with a good idea for that. He had both Wild and Mendoza on his back at the same time and just Simone dropped both of them. But thinking of being dropped, he, he being Bronson Reed, just got scoop slammed by Santos Escobar, smack bang in the middle of the ring. And as a big man, that's going to take a lot out of you. So wisely, before anyone can capitalise, he tug out to Wesley. Was it Wesley? No, it was um, Nash Carter. Sorry, my apologies. Um, it was Wild that's in the ring for LGP. And these two, again, trading a series of shots and just running circles around each other. Well, um, Santos Escobar is probably um, out of this match. Uh, I had to take a moment to actually pause and just think about what I've seen. Uh, Escobar was talking to the North American Championship, obviously that being the belt that he wants, and he picked it up and everything. He literally turns around to head back towards the ring, and Bronson Reed just flattens him against the barricade. Not really against it. Uh, He went through the barricade. Um, but that that was Escobar out. Uh, honestly, I was speechless for a good 10-15 seconds after that. I did not expect him to go fully through the barricade. That took out one of the men. And a good double team by MSK took out another member of Legado del Fantasma. I didn't catch who it was because I was just absolutely too in shock. It must have been Mendoza because Wild is on the floor outside by the announce table, opposite side of the ring to where the pinfall took place. Um, but as if a double team from the tag champions aren't enough, a tsunami splash off the top rope by the 300 pound Bronson Reed. I don't care who you are, you're not kicking out of that whatsoever. Or they're showing the replay of Escobar being taken out. Yep. Yeah. Lord, he was caught absolutely clean. He barely even got in position in time. And just uh, sent to the floor as if he was, to use the expression, hit by a freight train. But long story short of this match, absolutely phenomenal, very well thought out. One we don't see often, probably shouldn't see too much more of because of the stakes involved, but... MSK, still your NXT Tag Team Champions, and Bronson Reed, still your NXT North American Champion. Let's see what they decide to go from here. Our second match tonight sees Mercedes Martinez face off against Zia Lee, and I believe she's going to be accompanied to the ring by you know, a name I honestly never sticks in my head, but one of the most imposing and horrific ghost-like figures I've ever ever seen to be honest um, not quite sure about a lot of the lore and history behind this Xylee character change or whoever it is that is here but Xylee is not a person I'd want to mess with right now she has been holding this grudge against Mercedes Martinez 
for about four years now, they said since the May Young Classic in 2017 when Xia Li came up on the short end of their matchup before. But this is not the same Xia Li as we saw four years ago. She's currently, and I mean this quite literally, swinging a sword around on the entranceway, almost cutting off her own dreadlocks. Interesting. But Martinez, also not a woman that I want to mess with. Mei Ying. Oh, that's one of the other people that was involved. But Martinez has not taken her eyes off her opponent. And this is going to be intense. Tian Sha is the correct pronunciation of the name of the ghost-like figure that is currently sat at the top of the entranceway uh, whether she'll make her presence known in a physical way for this match hard to tell um, but again another match is starting off quite quickly uh, Martinez seems to be getting the upper hand early on but with the motivation the Zaylee is coming into of this match. I can't see it staying that way for very long. And you know, as if by magic, literally five or six seconds after I said that, Zaylee takes over with almost like an octopus stretch in the ropes, pulling Martinez's limbs in as many different ways as you possibly can, all at the same time. Obviously, a match of moving the ropes, you only get five seconds to break it, so she couldn't do a great deal of damage. But, hey, five seconds is better than no seconds. And with the ropes, you get a lot of other added leverage. Um, Martinez hasn't got back to her feet since. So obviously the strategy that she's employing, employing here has been working quite well. Lee now using the ring post as a weapon, driving Mercedes' stomach right into it. You know, cutting off all the oxygen supply and... This attitude change from Zaylee years ago, you know, she was probably happy to be in the ring with pretty much anyone having a match. She had a reputation, so it wasn't like she didn't need to build on her brand and she's just happy to be there. You know, she kind of had a bit of a point to prove, but now she has a massive chip on her shoulder and the aggression is going to be key today. Zaylee you know, kind of went to the well one too many times with using the rim post as a weapon. Uh, she had Martinez put up against the ring post on the outside, went for a kick to either the chest or the side of the head. Where she was aiming is irrelevant, but what she hit was the steel ring post. And, you know, they're designed to keep things up. They're genuine steel. That has an LED light on it, so you know that it's not just going to be thin. It's solid that she's just kicked and you know struggling to put pressure on that foot and Mercedes really needs to try and capitalize on this while she has a chance. As Wade Barrett just correctly pointed out at this point Zia Lee has just lost complete control of this match due to the damage taken to her foot. Martinez is in the corner and that was really where Lee needed to get a few strikes in as quick as she could. But she could barely even get back to her feet. And by the time she ran to the corner where Mercedes was 
positioned perfectly. Mercedes recovered and literally lifted Xylee into the air and snake eyes her face first onto the turnbuckle and now just hitting a series of knees to the face before, no elegance here mind, throwing Xylee face first down onto the mat. And as soon as she gets up, a running knee to the face of Lee and that turned her inside out and her guard at ringside has just had to pull her out of the ring there's absolutely no way that Zaya would be able to defend herself at that point even with the distraction on the outside where Martinez went to confront Lee as soon as she tried to build any momentum Martinez was just on top of it back body dropped straight onto the floor Lee needs help desperately Martinez looking to capitalise on the momentum that she has fully gained in this match has Zaylee up on her shoulders but Lee, Lee battles out a few elbows right to the side of the head pushes Martinez right up again, right into the ropes and given the bit of space that she has manages to hit a kind of spinning buzzsaw kick if you remember Kofi Kingston's Trouble in Paradise pretty similar move to that but rope rebound Martinez no chance kicking out of a move like that she flumps straight to the floor and you know no shame he was unable to kick out but the shame might come now when Zaya Lee has been given a chair from under the ring. A referee really begging for nothing else to be done. But Martinez with a kick to the leg of Lee now has the chair in her possession. Hits Lee's little bodyguard. I say little, he's taller than both the people in the match. Um, Tian Shah, I believe is how you say his name, if I'm copying Beth Phoenix correctly. Um, but Martinez now just laying waste to both people, Lee and Shah, and Zaya backing off now. I can't imagine that will make her overseer very happy in the slightest. We've seen her be quite aggressive, would be the term, I imagine, when it comes to Zaya Lee's failures. And as I say that, fire has come across the LED board. Our attention is drawn to the spirit at the top of the ramp. Martinez, <laughs> really not hesitating. Smoke filling the arena right now. And Zia Lee just still being the recipient of several chair shots. Okay, she stood up. Mercedes, you know... Being cautious, her back to the ropes, probably a good idea. Oh, no, okay, she's... She's gonna go. She's gonna square up. This is the furthest we have seen them come out of their chair. And the anticipation for what's going on. I appreciate right now there might not be a great deal of content, but... There is a massive standoff. There's about seven feet in between the two of them right now. Martinez has really closed the gap, almost getting right in her face. 
Oh. A chokehold right to the throat of Martinez, who tries to reach for the chair and manages to hit them in the stomach, and it did absolutely nothing. She is again being grabbed by the face and just thrown into the barricade off the entrance ramp. Oh my god. Martinez is out. This. There are no words for what's going on right now. Mei Ying. I'll have to repeat that name to myself several times. But Mei Ying. Honestly, incredibly devastating. Zaili managed to get the win. Unlucky for Mercedes Martinez, but the talking point of this match is Mei Ying has got off of her chair and proven that she is a dominant force not to be messed with. Where will they go from here? Oh, the NXT Women's Division need to watch their back. Fantastic match there, really shocking ending. And I'm so glad they're doing an advert because I need time to recover and catch my breath from that one. Let's see what match is next. Here we go, match three. Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight for the million dollar championship. I never thought I'd say either of those names in either form that they've been represented by or that championship again. Unless it was part of WWE 2K games because the million dollar championship is one that I use very often as a major championship on my shows. It's a glorious belt to look at the lifestyle that goes behind it and just Ted DiBiase himself in general such legacy such prestige oh and just so much hype going into this match like I said earlier this was a storyline that just with Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase I kind of felt like it was a bit pointless to begin with like what on earth is DiBiase doing you know, why is he trying to prove anything against Cameron Grimes? Whatever, who really cares? Then LA Knight got involved and it became actually something not worth watching because it was already worth watching because Cameron Grimes is, you know, phenomenal as a competitor and I do quite enjoy him on the mic as well. But just the personalities of these two men and everything this match is going to be about with the solid gold ladder I should probably start hyping this match up so much and just wait for it to actually start or I'll be talking about this the entire time but I really can't wait for this one guys Ted DiBiase obviously he's going to be the first one out to the ring uh, he's going to be watching this match very closely to see who will carry on his million dollar legacy and even the case that that belt is coming down to the ring in solid gold. Well, okay, not solid gold, it's actually glass. That's how shiny the gold on the belt is. It made the glass edges look gold. A massive diamond dollar signs. Three of them on the belt. And if you've never seen the million dollar championship, please look it up. It screams prestige, value, and everything the million dollar man really, you'd expect him to want to be. 
LA Knight. Our first person coming out here. Um, that's actually going to be in the match. Climbing a ladder already. There isn't, there isn't a briefcase over there, Mr. Knight. But, you know, get a bit of practice in where you can, I suppose. Um, my personal pick to win this match, uh, I think he needs a belt. You know, it'll make him look even better and be really prestigious for him to suddenly come in and win this match. For those of you that don't know, LA Knight was known as Eli Drake in Impact Wrestling. Uh, probably several other companies that he wrestled in previously as well. But phenomenal wrestler. I'm going to use the word phenomenal a lot because there are just so many phenomenal wrestlers out there. But he has a personality to match and you, you love to hate him. But I honestly, I think LA Knight is going to win this match. It's my pick. I'm probably wrong. Tend to be. But now Cameron Grimes making his way to the ring now. Someone that is obsessed with going to the moon, as he says. And you know, maybe he should win it. He's kind of been borderline getting a push. For a while now, um, the collision course crossbody slam type move that he does, I've watched it numerous times, couldn't really tell you how he does it. I'm already five minutes nearly into talking about this match, and Cameron Grimes is still on the entranceway. Oh, it's going to be a long segment for you guys, I absolutely apologise. Um, the Million Dollar Man wannabe Cameron Grimes shaking the hand of the original Million Dollar Man. And... Yeah, I, I just think he needs it. It'll be a fitting, not even end to the rivalry between these two. I really don't think it will be. But I'm just waiting for if he wins. Hearing Wade Barrett say, we will never hear the end of this. Because it's true, you won't. And a ladder match for the million dollar championship. As they raise the briefcase high, high above the ring. Lights reflecting off that glorious piece of gold and diamond. Let's go. A very messy and hectic series of spin around lockups all around the ropes to start this match, culminating in a headlock by LA Knight, pushed off by Grimes, and just answers back with a shoulder tackle, taking Grimes down. This match isn't going to be technical, it's a ladder match, it's not about pinfalls or submissions. Who needs to worry about any of that stuff? All you got to do is get up the ladder. Hurt your opponent as best you can. And then take home the victory. Both of these competitors have never really been known for their technical prowess, let's be honest. They are a, bun a pair of street fighters, essentially. Their strikes are their key bit of offense. And that is on full display right here. No one really has the upper hand in the opening two minutes of this match. But we're going to be in this for the long run on this match. LA Knight was the first one to bring a ladder into this match. The regular ladders are still just painted black as normal. Um, the amount of money it would take to have solid gold ladders all over the place. Probably not the best idea to spend. Um... Grimes immediately tried to take it out of the ring. He was already waiting in the middle. Kind of a weird strategy by Knight in the first place. But 
Grimes avoided being hit with the ladder, but has just been taken down and rolled to the outside. Only nine. Wow. Literally closed my eyes for like half a second. And Grimes is suddenly on the opposite side of the ladder to LA Knight, who I was just about to say is climbing the ladder. And Grimes again narrowly <laughs> avoiding being crushed under the top of a ladder that Knight literally threw to the ground. He knows you've got to take out your opponent. There's no point trying to claim it now because Grimes will just take complete control again. Both men fighting over a ladder right now. Knight gives up. But gets sent to the outside, leaving Grimes alone in the middle of the ring. But he's doing nothing. He's taking his time. Knight has a second ladder for himself. Grimes hasn't realised. But Grimes, okay, now he has. He's not setting the ladder up. He is prepared to have a fight. Because that's what this match is going to be. Grimes just got his fingers hurt, which could very easily come into play later on. Um... They were swinging ladders at each other, using them as weapons as well as defensive things at the exact same time. And the combined impact of doing that several times... <laughs> Speaking of impact, LA Knight tried to force another ladder into the ring. Grimes just grabbed it, pushes it out of the ring. And Knight was in between the legs of ladder just had his whole body pinned between the ladder and the barricade although with Grimes on the apron right now that ladder might be the least of LA Knight's worries Knight turns around and just a football kick right to the chest Knight is down but Grimes needs to capitalize ladder match not as easy to win can't catch a quick one two three you gotta set that ladder back up you gotta go there and you gotta bring the thing down that can easily be a 15-20 second process sometimes. You cannot rest on what you've done so far. LA Knight giving some of the fans in the CWC a good up-close meet and greet almost of Cameron Grimes by literally asking the fans, do you want to meet him? Before ramming Grimes face first into the barricade. And speaking of face first, Grimes hasn't really got back up apart from being picked up by Ali Knight himself especially since the ladder on the edge of the ring was spun around and just hit Grimes square on the side of the head I'm not even 100% sure he saw it coming because he didn't seem to block as much as he normally would you know instinctively when a ladder flies towards your face but Grimes I was about to say is back in control but before I could even say it Knight pokes him in the eye and back first into the barricade the same one that Elf um, I only called him El Fantasma then that's his old name uh, Santos Escobar was put through earlier in this evening by Bronson Reed Knight getting another ladder into the ring maybe he's done enough now to keep Grimes incapacitated although given Grimes is on his knees and Knight is setting up the ladder between the apron and the barricade I don't think winning this match immediately is anything close to being on his mind right now in the interest of keeping these segments you know kind of short and the fact that this bit has already gone on for 10 minutes i'm trying not to comment on every little thing that happens in this match but ellie and i might want to okay i was about to say consider whether he ever wants kids or not 
because he was thrown back first into a ladder, drooped into drooped down into the corner, and Grimes was preparing to slide the ladder directly in between the legs of LA Knight. Trying to word that in the most graceful way I possibly could, but it's not a graceful thing to do. So it was almost impossible. Um However, Ali Knight managed to dodge that, <laughs> lucky for him, and yeah, he managed to regain control with a neck breaker on the ladder, the side of the ladder, not just the, the thin side, not just the thick side that they tend to use for most of the spots, but Grimes hasn't moved and it looks like Knight doesn't want him to move, he's getting another ladder, don't worry about him. The ladder that LA Knight has bought in has to be one of the tallest ladders I've seen in WWE slash NXT in quite some time. It manages to come up to just under the NXT logo on the LED board, which means there's only about three or four foot between the top of that ladder and the briefcase. But it doesn't matter how tall it is if you're Cameron Grimes, because right now your face has just been smashed into it. So, it's not going to do you any good. There's an old expression in matches like this with no qualification and lots of weapons. Be careful what you bring into the match because it might be used against you. Ellie Knight propped a ladder over the top turnbuckle onto the ring post and kind of sticking out into the middle of the ring. Mocked Cameron Grimes's to the moon before attempting, keyword attempting, to throw Grimes face first into the top of the ladder. Grimes, you know, he wasn't born yesterday, that is fair share of ladder matches. He turned LA Knight round and managed to throw him face first into the ladder. And with another ladder set up leaning against the ropes. Yep, there it was. Back body drop. Didn't go as high as Knight probably wanted to. Landed on the ladder kind of mid back to lower back very nearly went bad because the rope rebound the rope the ladder rebounded off the ropes and you know it landed on both Grimes and Knight oh no Knight just looked like he did he go through or did he go over the side the ladder that was set up over the barricade and ring apron earlier Grimes just got thrown, no, Grimes didn't get thrown, Grimes threw Knight over the top. Top rope, I sh should say, sorry, Grimes is heading towards the golden ladder, despite the fact that was a perfectly good one in the middle of the ring. Anyway, who am I to judge, I'd probably do the same as well. Um, but yeah, Knight got thrown over the top rope onto the ladder that was there as a kind of support, and... The ladder kind of snapped, it didn't fully break, and the balls of Grimes there to push that ladder. You know, that could have gone absolutely any direction. But the solid gold ladder is now officially in the ring, not quite set up yet. Grimes nearly there. It is, it, oh, mm, okay, the support doesn't appear to be exactly in place. They can't end the match on this. I mean, I'd like Grimes to win, don't get me wrong. But, okay, here's Knight. You can see him 
slowly appearing at the bottom of the screen. Both men on top of the solid gold ladder. That, yeah, seems about the same height as the one I mentioned earlier. Knight just got thrown off the top rope. Oh, but oh, he's on top of the ladder. Caught himself on the top rope. Pushes Grimes off the ladder. And okay, Grimes hit the top rope. Uh, kind of used his momentum to push the ladder just a little bit more. So it didn't fall on him, and Knight couldn't really use it to his advantage either. Knight tried to get the advantage that he needed with some kind of spear, possibly. But it didn't matter what move he was going for. Because Cameron Grimes hit the well-called collision course. Both men are down. Knight running to the outside of the ring. This definitely does give Grimes an advantage. Although Knight has realised he's turning back. Grimes has to hurry. Cameron Grimes really needed to make some separation. Any way he could. Because Knight was really taking control of the entire thing. And he did it in a way that... You know, I, I didn't see coming. He literally climbed a ladder... You know, shock there. You know, ladder match, one they've climbed the ladder for. But obviously, the ladder is easy to push over. And Knight was about to do that. But Grimes then jumped onto one of the support trusts of the lighting fixture for the CWC. And hits a crossbody onto Grimes. Not Grimes, because that's himself. That would be rather strange. Onto Knight. And Grimes now in firm control. Knight tried to pull him off of... Well, he did pull him off of the golden ladder. Set up in the other ring. Grimes again takes Knight to the outside of the ring. He's He's got his hands on it. Uh-oh, here comes Knight tipping the ladder over. Grimes has just fallen off of one ladder. Into another ladder. Gone straight... And I mean straight through it. And LA Knight, as I said at the start, he is the only one left in this match. <laughs> Headbutted the briefcase almost. Unhooks it. Eventually, wait for it, there it is. LA Knight has just won the million dollar championship. And with a million dollar physique like that man has, well... I don't blame DiBiase for having him included in this match. So there we have it. Uh, LA Knight, yeah, has won the match, uh, won the title, but I don't think this is over. Not by a long shot. Uh, Grimes, you know, DiBiase started this with him. And I think in in some way, maybe a bit of poetic justice, at some point it might end with him. But I definitely don't think this is the last we're going to see of these two. However, I will be interested to see what they do with the Million Dollar Championship. Is it just going to be, oh yeah, it was for this thing, it looks cool, let's remind you of what we had in the past, or... Is it going to be something that Knight can actually defend? Maybe only a temporary thing? He might end up retiring it again. 
but right now we're about to see, I believe, Ted DiBiase put the belt around the waist. Nope, just hand it to him. It's fine as well. LA Knight holding the belt. Oh my god, he looks good with a championship in his hands. And oh, they set the pyro up very quickly on the side of the ring while they were handing that, that over. Nice, nicely done. And there we are, there we have it. The man that carries on the million dollar legacy is a million dollar man, L.A. Knight. We now move on to the NXT Women's Championship match. Ember Moon challenging Raquel Gonzalez for the title. And as I kind of expected, Gonzalez did not come out to the ring alone. She has Dakota Kai with her. And with Shotzi Blackheart being injured, Ember Moon doesn't have the backup that she normally would need to combat Dakota Kai at ringside because as much as I would love this to be a hard-hitting one-on-one match where Ember Moon probably uses the ropes more than Gonzalez would, Gonzalez will rely on a kind of MMA-type fight style. I, I can't see it. Dakota Kai is probably going to get involved quite often. Whether she'll get kicked out from ringside remains to be seen. But, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold your breath on expecting that to happen. Moon using her speed right away in this match and seems to have Gonzalez on the back foot pretty quickly. Um, again, that's something that's not a surprise. Uh, Ember Moon has a huge experience advantage as she's trying to become... And they said the third ever two-time NXT Women's Champion. And, you know, it's not first or second, but the amount of prestige that would also be going into it. And Powerbomb countered there by Ember Moon with a nice little head scissors. And as, as I said, with less than two minutes into this match, Dakota Kai didn't do anything per se. She didn't touch Ember Moon because the referee was right there. But she was a good enough distraction that it gave Gonzalez enough time to recover and get ready to move out of Ember Moon's knee strike. Moon down on the outside, Gonzalez more, more than ready to start regaining control. Gonzalez there just woman handled Ember Moon back into the ring and... Moon seems to have taken quite a lot of damage already, which just sings to the strength of the strikes that Gonzalez possesses. And the knees to the stomach while you're in the corner, yeah, they're probably not really going to help. Gonzalez has removed all space from between her and Moon. And in doing that, you know, she's made this her ball game relatively young in her NXT career is Gonzalez and for ages was someone that you know they might have got a look in a bit of momentum but not many people really would have suspected that she was going to win the title especially not like I say this early on but she's done it she handles herself really well just literally caught Ember Moon out of midair by the legs 
and lifted her out of the corner, kind of alley-oop style, and caught her sideways, dropped her with a sidewalk slam. Anyone that thinks Gonzalez is going to go down easy, just watch a five-minute match with her. You can clearly see that's not the case. Moon, as the commentators have correctly said, actually just getting annihilated here right now, stretched over Gonzalez's shoulders. And, you know, while focusing on this match, I was nearly given a mini heart attack of my own. I've had the bed, the door to the living room closed for the best part of two and a half hours now. You know, while recording this, watching the show, preparing everything. And all of a sudden, it opened ever so slightly. But I couldn't see why. Bearing in mind, my door has glass panels all the way down. So I can see through. But I had no clue of what opened it. That was my cat, of all things. Just coming through the door. Right, I can relax. I'm very tired. She's probably very confused about what I'm doing up at half past two in the morning. But hey ho, it is what it is. And my other cat is now staring at me like I'm an absolute idiot. But she's been sat at me for ages, so I knew she was there. Anyway, enough about my cats. Uh, Ember Moon has, yep, definitely used her strikes. A kick to the leg, a kick to the gut, and a kick to the side of the head. But not enough to drop Gonzalez just yet. Rebounds off the ropes, a clothesline. Not a move I thought Ember Moon would have come out with. Um, personally, seeing as the kicks seem to be much more effective, although a good spinning right hand to the jaw. Yeah, that'll level most people. Moon getting her second wind. Almost going to, what's it, sunset flip powerbomb? Yeah, she kind of lost her a bit there. And the height of Gonzalez coming into play there. A bit too close to the ropes as well. Champion managed to kick out. And getting a bit of advice and, you know, support from Dakota Kai on the outside. A kind of inverted Texas cloverleaf with a face grab here by Ember Moon. Uh, one of, uh, looks like one of the most painful submission holds, you know, honestly, I could ever see. Dakota Kai getting right involved, right in the face of the referee. You know, pushing the ropes that little bit closer. Not the biggest advantage. And not grounds for disqualification, especially in a title match like this. But, you know, she's got to be running awfully close to getting kicked out. Moon using the announce table to her advantage. A nice suicide dive to the outside sends Gonzalez literally over it to the floor. And you know, Dakota Kai, quite rightly so, backed off at that point. Again, not wanting to risk a disqualification. Apart from what she's doing right now, almost grabbing the feet of Ember Moon. But until right this very second, because you know, being a commentator, something that as soon as you say it, you've now cursed it. Ember Moon was in control with a flatline face buster in the ring, but she just got thrown off the top rope by Gonzalez, and you know <laughs> that doesn't tend to go down very well. A nice little two count there, but Gonzalez looks like she's about to lose her call. She can't do that. She has to remain focused. All Moon needs is a split second. 
And she nearly had it there, reversing out of the one-arm powerbomb into a victory roll. And got a very, very near two count, but Gonzalez kicked out and just hit Ember Moon with the boot to the face. Who needs to be technical when you have boots? Gonzalez went for a delayed vertical suplex and Ember Moon... The move she hit is being referred to as a modified eclipse. It's it's not a modified eclipse. I can see why they think it. But if you've watched NXT UK, look at um not Flash Morgan Webster. Mark Andrews. That's one that was embarrassing. I know the man personally and I forgot his name. Um yeah, look at Mark Andrews. The move is Stun Dog Millionaire. It's a kind of stunner out of a suplex as a counter. However, top rope, that is the eclipse from Ember Moon. She hooks the inside leg. Big mistake. Gonzalez got her foot on the bottom rope. Well, Dakota Kai got Gonzalez's leg on the bottom rope. Wait a minute. Shotzi Blackheart has just returned. Okay, level playing field again right now. Very colourful hair in NXT. Dakota Kai with the pink and Shotzi Blackheart with the green. You know, some people you, you just can't miss. And Blackheart now really just taking it to Dakota Kai. She's been taken right up to the stage. Thrown into the flower bed of the In Your House set. And, yep, punched repeatedly until she's backstage. It's matched now officially one-on-one. -on -one. No excuses from Ember Moon. Gonzalez now down. After you know trying to recover from the eclipse, which she did not kick out of on her own, so Moon does really need to capitalise. And fighting in the ropes probably not the best idea. Oh, I honestly thought we were going to see a one-arm power bomb to the outside by Gonzalez, but Moon countered and hit a DDT onto the apron, and Gonzalez appears to be out. But the only issue there is she was out outside of the ring and Moon had to roll her back in nope didn't get it she got the two count and you have to feel that it was the five or six seconds that it took to get Gonzalez back to the ring that allowed Gonzalez to recover just enough momentum to kick out and not lose her title at this point Moon went for a second eclipse Gonzalez manages to get out of it and just exchanging holds, hurricane runners, um, head scissors, all sorts, you name it. Snake eyes into the corner for Moon. Gonzalez, 180s Ember Moon, throwing her up into the air, catching her with one hand. One hand powerbomb, Raquel Gonzalez. That is how you retain a championship. Oh, nearly started losing my throat on that one. But that, that was a phenomenal combination. Moon was facing away from her, but for the one on Powerbomb to work, your opponent has to be facing forwards. Turn them around, then lift them. Nah. Turn them around while you lift them. And then catch them seamlessly. Okay, so... There we have it. Raquel Gonzalez has retained. Uh, it was not easy. By any stretch of the imagination, uh, Dakota Kai played an, I wouldn't say a huge part. Uh, there was one very huge part that she played, which is 
Nope, putting Gonzalez's foot on the bottom rope to break up the pinfall. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it became one-on-one -on -one in the end. And it was just the power and quick thinking of Gonzalez that showed a replay of that powerbomb. That was a glorious setup to it. And you're not going to kick out. The quick thinking, the power, and we do not have a new women's champion. We have arrived. It is now main event time. What a match we have in store. The champ NXT champion, Karrion Cross. Dominant since his debut uh, and return from injury, obviously in his second championship reign, versus Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunn, Johnny Gargano, in a fatal five-way match. A match we do not see. Often we'll see triple threats, fatal four-way, six-man matches, but fatal five-way with this many combustible elements in it. I honestly could not tell you which way this was going to go. I can imagine Karrion Cross coming away with the win purely to boost him as a champion, but my... My wrestler heart wants to go with Adam Cole. I've been a huge Adam Cole fan for quite some time. Dakota Kai and Shotzi Blackheart still fighting in the backstage area. Awesome. But the Patriot in me, I gotta back my boy. Gotta back Pete Dunn. So we'll see. Let's settle in for honestly what is going to be a hell of a match longest segment I've probably recorded on this show for quite some time it's gonna be so worth it let the carnage of this main event begin Johnny Gargano first to make his way down to the ring and um, yeah he seems just as focused as ever he He's called Johnny Takeover for a reason. Let's be honest, there's barely been a takeover that he has not been on. And he has not necessarily won, but he has shown up to every single one of those matches that he has been in. Kyle O'Reilly coming out next. I love Kyle O'Reilly's new entrance music. I didn't at first, but... You know, I've got it on my Spotify. I'm, I listen to it most days. It's really good for hyping yourself up. And this is a man that... <laughs> he doesn't need to hype himself up. He you know, thought he'd put Adam Cole behind him. And for all intents and purposes, he had. Adam Cole doesn't want him. Adam Cole wants the belt. That's all Adam Cole's in it for. Another competitor that has changed his music recently as well is the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne, who's our third entrance into this match. Uh, it, it still suits him. It's still quite good. Uh, hasn't got the 
start, which we all got so used to hearing, but it's still very intense and fits with him. A man that does not take his eyes off any opponent, whether they're in the ring before him or they come to the ring after him. He's methodical on his way down, and I've got to back him. He is from, you know, he's from England. He's, he's my boy. One of the first people I saw live. And, you know, I've, I've got to do it. I think Cross will end up retaining somehow, but I want Pete Dunne to win. Adam Cole coming down now as your fourth and final challenger. Um, his music, it needs the audible boom. It doesn't work as well. Maybe it'll be better tonight with a slightly fuller crowd. We will see. But music aside, this man did what he always does. He somehow found a way to get under Cross's skin. He wasn't even involved in the number one contenders match. He involved himself and took out all three of them. And Cross came out and Adam Cole was like, hey, I just beat these three guys. Recognize me. And Cross did. Cross demanded. Adam Cole, baby! Gets his title match. Sorry, that was just in perfect timing with the entrance. And now, Adam Cole looks to make the most of this opportunity. Question is, will Scarlet Bordeaux, or is he just still Scarlet now? I forget, because, you know, she's also Scarlet Bordeaux in Impact Wrestling. Yeah, you can already see her figure over there. She is definitely accompanying Cross down to the ring, possibly just for the entrance. I can't imagine she'll want to stay out for this... It's, it's, it's going to be mayhem. That's all that is. But Cross... Cross is a man that feeds off of pain, off of carnage, and off of destroying his opponents. He demanded that he was given all four of the opponents. And, you know, William Rugo had no choice but to agree. And I, I'm so, so glad that he did. I'm just going to sit back for a bit and enjoy the build-up. This phenomenal entrance. And just see how it starts. Enjoy it. All four challengers in a respective corner. Cross, centre of the ring, kind of signifying the situation that he put himself in. Oh, and Adam Colt just gets taken down immediately by Kyle O'Reilly. Kind of saw that one coming. Pete Dunne and Johnny Gargano exchanging forearms. Gargano sent over the top rope and it is now Cross and Dunne in the ring face to face. The strikes of Dunne really didn't seem to do anything to the legs of Cross and even going for the choke, Cross just picks up Dunne and throws him over his head as if he was a paper bag. Cross has been very hard to defeat in any form of competition, so might have to see a good amount of, I'm going to say it, four-on-one to take the champion out, because one-on-one -on -one at the moment 
He's just taken out Pete Dunne and is probably about to take out Kyle O'Reilly as well. And that kick to the side of the head, yep, he's done that. Gargano now using quite an effective strategy, going for the back of the knee. And Cross in the corner, but again just catches Johnny Wrestling and just throwing him. Adam Cole back in, again a shot to the knee. Maybe if they all target the knees of Cross, this will work out in their favour. I'm trying to keep an eye out every time the camera heads kind of towards the entranceway to see if Scarlet is still there because it looked like she was heading to the back before the title graphic appeared on the screen. But speaking of being there, Pete Dunne, he was there and he's rammed Adam Cole in the apron. And the three other challengers are just whacking away. And even though Cole's tried to escape, he escaped into the hands of Kit Carrion Cross. I don't know which is worse. Cross has been able to take out two competitors at the same time by just just almost butterfly suplexing the two of them. Kyle Riley tries to take advantage, but until the combination of strikes to the chest we're seeing right now and one to the back of the knee okay cross is actually on his back and now he's straight back on his knees but that's the problem with these multi-man matches you can't capitalize on cross being down because there are three other challenges apart from you and cross in the ring or at least the ringside in the same way so forget eyes in the back of your head you have to have 360 vision eyes absolutely everywhere man Heat vision if you can, just to try and see where the next person is going to come from. Pete Dunne using his insane joint manipulation skills to try and literally dislocate the fingers of Johnny Gargano. And if there was a submission there, then Dunne would have became the champion. Cross, what's the best way to retain, uh, break up the submission? Just throw Pete Dunne onto Johnny Gargano in a kind of powerbomb type move. You know, he's, it'll break it. And now, Cross, wow. He has been sent through the front door of the In Your House displacer um, by Gargano and Dunne. And all three of them are down on the top of the entranceway, which has left Adam Cole and Carl O'Reilly near the ring i'm not going to say in because at the moment we can't actually see where they are on the camera but cross he's he's going to be down for a good couple of minutes i'd say off of that adam cole making his way back into the ring and kyle o'reilly is there now remember this is first pinfall first submission wins and a shining wizard by adam cole to kyle o'reilly if cole manages to get the win now after hitting the, I can't remember what the proper name of the move is, but the kind of fireman's carry into the knee to the back of the head. I want to call it a Nushigoroshi, don't know if it actually is, but either way, he did not get the win over Kylo Riley, so the match continues. Gargano has sat Kylo Riley down in the corner, hooked Adam Cole into the Tree of Woe, and was going to go for a drop kick which looked like it would have put the head of Adam Cole face, or not face first, um, back of the head directly into the crotch area. And speaking of crotch area, 
uh, Adam Cole just received a Pete Dunne-sized lawn dart to the chest and lower body, courtesy of Johnny Gargano, who tried to go for the pin and the win after that move, but Dunne, luckily for everyone else, was able to kick out. Cross appears to still be down at the top of the entranceway. I mean, last time they said there was no one there. Pete Dunne showed up immediately, so take that sentence with a pinch of salt. All four challengers have literally just spent the last 30 seconds or so just hitting each other repeatedly, trying to get the other ones down. And Adam Cole was the only one that really seemed to take any kind of advantage over that match. Get a two count on Johnny Gargano. Again, not a decided advantage. Um, kind of might help Adam Cole feel a bit better with, you know, I've come closer than a lot of people at the moment. So let's see if I can win myself a title. But currently, he is engaged in a elbow strike competition with Kyle O'Reilly still. And O'Reilly decided, no, no, I'm good. Let's go for the Antelot Cole. We're going to tap you out and I'm going to win the NXT Championship. Like I said, Cross appearing out of nowhere. Cole pushes O'Reilly off of the ankle lock, who goes over the top rope and Cross caught him. Threw him over the barricade. Adam Cole tried to do something. Doesn't matter what he tried to do because he too has been dumped over the barricade. Suicide dive by Gargano. And guess what? He's got thrown into the ring apron, not over the barricade. That is reserved for Pete Dunne. She got thrown into Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, who were about to pounce on Cross, it appeared. Cross has now chose to isolate Johnny Gargano. That would explain why he threw him onto the ring apron instead of into the fans. The Tornado F5 that Karrion Cross just pulled out, lifting Gargano onto his shoulders, spinning around to gain enough momentum, and then literally just launching Gargano into the air and making him land face first. Such an amazing move. Gargano trying to high fly and gain as much of an advantage as he can. With a series of, uh, I say suicide dives, two suicide dives and a jump off of the steel stairs. But the problem with that is his first suicide dive, you could see it hit Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, Kyle O'Reilly into the announce table but Gargano caught his face on the corner of the announce table as well he shook it off pretty quickly but you saw on the second dive that he really couldn't get the momentum and angle that he wanted still being a bit shook up but he was however just now able to counter the Panama Sunrise by Adam Cole in the middle of the ring dropping Adam Cole on his shoulders and getting a two and I'd say about five apes, not quite seven apes, you know, a bit of, bit of leeway for kicking out, but too close for comfort if you're any of Gargano's opponents, especially the champion. Dunn, Cole and Gargano, or and O'Reilly now in the ring, all four, cha- all four challengers. Again, they need to end the match now. As soon as you let Cross get back in the ring, you guys are in trouble. He has proven that he can take you all out individually, some of you two at a time. I would not put it past him to take all four of you out 
in one go. Oof. Roll through kick to the front of the face by Gargano on Kyle O'Reilly while Pete Dunne kicks him in the back of the head. And Adam Cole super kick Hurricane Rana combo with Johnny Gargano onto Pete Dunne. Kyle O'Reilly nearly pinned Adam Cole with assistance from Johnny Gargano, but Gargano realised, wait a minute, if that happens, this is the end of the match for me. And came through and double stomped onto the bridge that O'Reilly had made, breaking up the pinfall, causing quite a lot of damage to the midsection of Kyle O'Reilly. All four challengers down again on the inside of the ring, cross stirring, biding his time, I would say. And having a quick look around ringside again, it would appear that Scarlet has gone, and who's not gone is Cross hitting all four challengers now with a series of clotheslines while each of them are in the corner, dropping them one by one. Champion is back, he's got his second wind. Carrying Cross now channeling his inner Brock Lesnar with a series of German suplex to each and every one of his challengers. Dunn has just landed that one on his feet and O'Reilly hit Cross with a kick square in the face. But again, Cross tactically retreating to the apron, not quite the outside of the ring like I was about to suggest, but he might wish he did because that is a nasty couple of super kicks that he's just got and drooped over the top rope. Colin O'Reilly facing towards each other. We're going to see a kind of Yep, Undisputed Era reunion of sorts. Double powerbomb. Oh, not through the announce table, but onto the announce table. He didn't break. That can be a lot more painful than if it does. All momentum stays in your body rather than spreading across the table. But either way, Cross, after being put through the door as well, he's not going to be out forever, but... This is the challenger's second opportunity to end the match between themselves. And Adam Cole and Pete Dunne squaring off. Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly squaring off. And just, just trading opponents, to be honest. Double submissions going on. It'd be interesting to see who taps first, if anyone. And is anyone going to let go of the submission? Yep, Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne both let go of their submissions and just exchanged forearms in the centre of the ring. Because it's not elimination. First one to tap. Well, they give the win to the person they tapped out to. And that might be Pete Dunne. Oh. No, he countered whatever suplex O'Reilly was going to and has locked in a Kimura of all submission holds. O'Reilly tried to counter by rolling through. Dunn himself rolled through and ended up with a triangle submission hold. O'Reilly lifted him up to try and break it and re Johnny Wrestling just speared both of them. Adam Cole taking advantage. Suplex brain buster to the knee. That was two and six apes. It's got to be. On, from Adam Cole onto Kyle O'Reilly. I can't see this match ending without Cross being involved in the decision in one way or another. But then if he is going to lose it, 
maybe not having him take a pinfall will do a lot for his character development. But then also, he's been here for a cup of tea. And he's already two-time champion. So, he's a delicate character and position to kind of hold. But the challengers don't care about that. They just want to have the belts. And speaking of wanting to have something, I don't think Pete Dunne wanted to take a double super kick just as he was doing a moonsault into the ring. Kicks out at two though, and one final beat by Johnny Gargano onto Adam Cole. Does not manage to get the submission, but uh, pinfall, sorry. But I said submission because Gargano has just locked in a double Gargano escape onto Adam Cole and Pete Dunne, but Kyle O'Reilly. Nice running knee to the back of the head. Breaks up that submission. We've just seen a picture of the announce table. I say a picture, we've seen it in the background. And currently, Cross is not on there. Uh, from any camera angle they're showing, I can't see him. Uh, O'Reilly delivering a series of knees to Gargano, followed up by a brain buster. And this really has to be the time. Cross has stirred. Uh, Adam Cole pushing O'Reilly to the outside off the top rope looking to set up for the Panama Sunrise Gargano does not counter it the second time I always worry about that move it goes over so slowly Cole into the cover feet under the ropes and that was a mistake Pete Dunne pulling Cole out and a brain buster onto the floor by the announce table and speak of the devil cross standing up almost as if nothing has happened to him Dunn doesn't want anything to do with that on the outside Dunn runs back in and is beckoning cross to the inside yeah cross isn't going to say no to that cross is in these two one-on-one -on -one slugfest cross has to cover up immediately because pete dunn reigning in the shots but a nice Saito suplex that does not phase Pete Dunne at all, okay. Just like a German suplex, followed up by, this is going to be the X-plex. Yeah, what's that? No, that's a bitter end. Pete's just, Pete Dunne just hit the bitter end on Carrion Cross. I'm getting tongue-tied, I'm calling him by his old name. Triangle submission by Pete Dunne onto the champion, elbows to the head. This has ended several matches. Is Cross out? <laughs> the referee lifted up Cross's arm to check if it dropped and Cross could control it. But all three other challengers came in and broke that up immediately. They were not going to watch their chance slip away and go to Pete Dunn. Cross did sit up after that, so it does seem to be that he would have... Um, held his arm up regardless and not been called unconscious but you can never tell and if you're a challenger much better safe than sorry to break up any attempt speaking of being knocked out Pete Dunne locked in the cross jacket hold really for a second looked like that was going to be it but just snapping the fingers of cross oh but getting nailed by the one final beat Oh, okay, Cross doesn't care. He will lock in the Cross jacket hold on Gargano to the best of his ability with 
one good hand. Nearly getting pinned for his trouble by Johnny Gargano. But Gargano now on the floor with Cross, and that is really not where you want to be. Injured hand or not, Cross will tap you out. Last shot, right to the back of Cross by Adam Cole. Axe kick to the back of Adam Cole's head by Kyle O'Reilly. O'Reilly to the outside, climbing up, Cross down on the inside. It is only those two to be seen diving knee to the spine. O'Reilly into the pin, super kick by Adam Cole. Super kick to Johnny Gargano, one for Pete Dunne, you know, just get it over with. Get out of my ring. Oh, went for the running knee. O'Reilly ducked it, locked in a knee bar, and we've seen Adam Cole tap out to this before. I believe that's how the match ended between those two all those months ago. I said all those months, several months ago. Knee bar. If Cross loses the title like this, oh, I do not envy the rest of the roster. Wrestler or other WWE staff. But right now, I don't envy Kyle O'Reilly. He's being completely choked out by Karrion Cross, while still trying to hold on the submission to Adam Cole. Because if Adam Cole taps out now, he'll be tapping out to Kyle O'Reilly, so Kyle O'Reilly will win. But O'Reilly's released the hold. Not through choice. That could be it. Is O'Reilly out? O'Reilly is. O'Reilly is out, and the dominance of the still NXT tag... No, NXT tag team? Wow, it has been a long night. NXT heavyweight champion, Karrion Cross shines through yet again. And there is Scarlett. We didn't see her the entire match. It's good, what I like to see. You're a manager, you come down to manage, and then, you know, you're gone. You don't need to get involved, especially not with four challengers. You know, let him do his thing, and... His thing he did indeed do. Take nothing away from all four of the challengers. Kyle O'Reilly nearly, nearly got the submission on Adam Cole. Uh, Pete Dunne looks angry. And honestly, I can't say I blame him. Uh, Cross took a lot of damage in that match. Through the door, into the announce table. You know... If you'd have told me Cross was out after that ladder powerbomb, ladder powerbomb, table powerbomb, I would absolutely have believed you. But somehow, he found a way. He found a way and he came back. This match was insane. Only question now, is that maybe the end of the main event? But is that the end of the show? That remains to be seen. Cross now standing tall in the middle of the ring. Spotlight on him. Title in the air. Well, well deserved victory. <sighs> I, you know, I need to go rest my throat. Honestly, 25 minutes this segment has gone on for. And it's almost the entire match. Just, there was so much in this match to talk about. But I've enjoyed every second of it. 
and you've cemented Cross's dominance in that match. Well done, NXT. We've now reached the end of episode 6, NXT TakeOver In Your House. And, you know, I was all hyped because of the ending to the championship match, which was amazing. But William Regal, the general manager of NXT, with a defeated look on his face, has just told the world that it's time for a change. I honestly hope he's not leaving as general manager. Maybe he's returning to the ring. I highly doubt it. Especially if Cross is a champion, not a chance. Um, but, yeah. I guess we'll have to see what happens this week on NXT, I suppose. Wow. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I have been Jack Witch, Dr. Witcher. This has been Cauldron Side Chats. Good night. <laughs>